he's been posting some uh, cryptic stuff on Instagram. So I was excited to see what his comeback would look like. Black, he's got like a he's he's got like a Nick Fury thing going on right now. Does he have an eye patch on? Yeah, did he lose an eye or something? Did he did he yeah, also he, lose he an eye to Seth Rollins in the build to the Rey Mysterio match? He also got you know the uh, corner of the stairs treatment by Seth Rollins, which was you know pretty insane. <laughs> but didn't didn't Rey Mysterio lose both of his eyes though? Isn't he just a walking blind man now? I thought that. See, that's what I thought had happened. But I guess not because he had one functioning eye uh, at SummerSlam last night. <laughs> I don't get these things nowadays. <laughs> we were supposed to have a hair match, and all of a sudden, instead of we got a loser leave WWE match. So, well, yeah, there was some real life stuff. Uh, I think uh, affecting that decision. Well, aside, well, I mean, aside from the almost kidnapped attempt, like there was some other drama behind Sonya behind the scenes, right? As far as like her contract and everything. I hadn't heard anything about that. What did you hear? Uh, just some, I don't know, just some stuff. That I just she, she's been planning on leaving anyway and didn't really want to re up. So, I mean, uh-huh. they didn't they didn't really use her well anyway, considering she's a former UFC fighter and all she was doing was just kind of pounding around with Mandy Rose and just being like a sidekick. So. Yeah, you know, she had some really bad luck coming up with a UFC fighter gimmick at the same time that Ronda Rousey started in the company. Like there was no chance, but I thought she looked like a, like a star at SummerSlam, honestly, like her entrance. And I, it seemed to me like she was kind of carrying the match uh, with Manny for for parts of it. But uh, yeah, it's too bad that only happened right literally at her very last match. Do you want to cover SummerSlam first, or do you want to talk about NXT first? Um, well, the, I only watched the Pat McAfee match from NXT TakeOver. I didn't watch the rest of TakeOver. So we can talk about that first if you want, or we can get right into SummerSlam. No, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just jump right into it. This is, this is false start with Andrew Van, and my man with the voice here is Man is Clancy returning to talk about wrestling, not only wrestling, but the probably definitely the second biggest wrestling pay-per-view event of the year known as WWE SummerSlam 2020. Um, and before we talk about SummerSlam, we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver 30, which is probably the best NXT pay-per-view they've had all year. So they had two back-to-back smashing WWE shows from what I've been reading and just the highlights that I've seen between both shows. So Let's just, let's just kind of skip through until we get to the Pat McAfee match. So the first match was the kickoff show, uh, Legato del Fantasma versus Brazingo versus Oni and uh, Danny Birch. Um, according to CBSSports.com, it got a B for a score, and uh, Brazingo won that one. Uh, and uh, Birch to become the number one contenders for the tag team championships, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Great. I love it. Uh... I love those guys together. I think they're one of the more entertaining tag teams that WWE has right now. And I'm glad that they're on NXT where they, you know, can seem to gain some steam here and there. They kind of belong on NXT. I, I remember seeing them on WWE and I just kind of remember stuff like, this is like Sunday night heat quality watching these two. So Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. I've, you know, I've been catching up on NXT for a long time, you know, I have that sort of like uh, completionist brain when it comes to consuming media. And so I can't 
like make myself skip ahead when it comes to like watching wrestling or listening to a podcast or anything like that i need to list like start from episode one and go all the way through and i was watching a nxt from the end of 2018 that had uh tyler breeze's sort of big return to nxt during the open challenge match with uh ricochet and that was really entertaining and it was kind of it was funny that 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 random episode from like December 2018 was kind of like prescient uh, in the, some weird ways uh, to this takeover. So the next match, uh, I didn't know Timothy Thatcher very well, but he certainly made an impression versus Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. And I watched that match with my kid, and I just remember he kept ooing and awing because, I mean, they were just taking some hard shots at each other. So Thatcher just seems like not to bring up any sore subject with the with the dark history, but he he had like a very Chris Benoit feel to me. Sure. Right, just like yeah. a rough neck, just kind of just beat your ass, get in there, get some strongholds on you in the mat. Yeah. So. A lot of uh, intensity as a performer, really mm-hmm. some really hard hitting chops. There's sort of a, there's a match now that I think was either PWG or maybe Progress or something like that. One, uh, one of those promotions that had, uh, Walter versus Timothy Thatcher, you know, and they were like stable mates at that time, but they were having this one-off match that is so features. So like all of the world's most brutal chops just in one place. Like it, it was God, it would like, you know, make your skin crawl or make you shudder to watch. It was so insane. Like that, that's the kind of sort of wrestler that he is. What's going on in the background there? Who's on? Uh, you well, you got Raw on in the background. I can see. Yeah, I, I got uh, I got Shelton Benjamin there getting caught up by somebody. And now we see Randy Orton slowly making his way to the ring, and uh, getting stopped by Sarah for an interview. Okay. And um, we'll touch we'll touch base on some some WWE because I remember not only was Sonya Deville's departure last night, but it was also Renee Young's departure last night from WWE. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure Renee is going to go get an awesome job on ESPN or something like that, you know, as much as, you know, she was one of the better sort of commentator commentary and interview people that WWE has had uh, just period. But uh, you know, she definitely was. And I feel bad that she was easily used as like a scapegoat of like, well, this is why the WWE raw commentary is not working because we got this chemistry. I'm like, no, you just didn't really give it a chance to go pretty long term there. So. Yeah, that sucked. And uh, you know, she she had a hard time having to do commentary when Dean Ambrose was in his final run with the company too. They they really did not put her in a position to succeed, uh, especially with that going on. But that being said, she's still incredible. Uh, I hope she gets a really cool job. I think uh, she's. She just had a cookbook come out, so everybody nice. go buy her cookbook. She, uh, what what is the name of that commentator from ESPN? She was on Sports Nation a lot. Michelle Beadle. Michelle Beadle. She reminds me of Michelle Beadle a lot. Not mm-hmm. just because they're blonde, short hair, and like attractive, just good journalists, but like, like just like her attitude and just kind of like being able to hold it up with the guys and not like giving a shit. Like I, I really admire someone about that. So sure. Totally. Michelle Beadle also used wrestling fan too, by the way, which is really oh, cool. <laughs> so next up after that is North American championship. It's vacant. Um, and why is it vacant? Uh, Keith Lee had been the North American champion 
he won the title versus title match to become NXT champion mm-hmm. and North American champion. And I guess instead of letting him run with both belts, they said, you know, you're going to have to vacate one of them, which is a fine decision to make in that situation. And now, you know, Keith Lee's getting called up today on Raw. Yeah, that's uh, like that's a pretty quick title reign, right? Like you win both and then like you only have it for what? Maybe just a few months? Mm-hmm. So. mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's so great to uh, have seen him win it, though. You know, he's older than a lot of people think he is, I think. And, uh, you know, I was so worried that it was going to take him so long to kind of get to the main roster when he first arrived in NXT. I thought they were misusing him. But since basically since Survivor Series uh, last year, he's been like the hottest commodity in NXT, I think. And, well, last uh, year, his pop at summer, like Survivor Series was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can you could tell that that weekend they saw something in him and they've run with it ever since, and it's been a great decision, you know. Uh, it was such a cool moment seeing him win both belts. Uh, as much as it would have been great to see him, you know, get a longer run uh, with both belts, you know, they must have known they wanted him on the main roster pretty soon, uh, and I'm, I'm glad he's there. I'm really excited to see what they can do with him. I think there's a lot of potential. So you got Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream. What's the ne- what's the next match on Takeover? Uh, next match was 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 the Pat McAfee match. Was the Adam Cole match the one that just stole the show? So we yes. had a lot of match, which was as good as it was. But then Pat McAfee just blew the roof off of everyone's expectations because. I can't remember the last non-wrestler that was in a ring. Was it Stephen Amell from from Green Arrow? Yeah, probably. With Neville and that tag team, and then yeah, at least in the capacity of like actually having a match. Yeah. You know? Like you can't really compare what Pat McAfee did to like what Gronk did at WrestleMania, or you know anything else in that vein because that's sort of it's not a full match. Pat McAfee went out there and had a full-ass, like, compelling match and uh, worked heel, which is, like, you know, in in some ways it's the easier job, but watching that match, it sure as hell seemed like it was the harder job on the night, and he did it really well, Yeah, you know? And not to, like, take away anything, but, like, he he went up against, like, NXT's best, right? Like, it's one thing when it's, like, Stephen O'Mell with Neville who will carry your load for you, but you're, like, you're one-on-one with the longest-reigning NXT champion of all time mm-hmm. and one of the most skilled athletes out there on Wednesday nights and pay-per-views. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, that, and that's a hell of a story and a shoot that they built for that madness, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I mean, when, uh, when his, like, appearance on the Pat McAfee show happened, it was really, you know, garnered a lot of attention, uh, you know, and uh, that was huge. And, man, they really delivered. You know, a lot of people were watching that match who might have not normally been watching, and they really lived up to it. Um, thank God Cole went over, though. You know, I can't stand when, like, a celebrity comes in and goes over a, you know, wrestler who's wrestling all the time in their first match. That's always so crazy to me. But, you know, the match was great, and Cole won, and – uh can't wait to see sort of what after, happens next. So after that, we got the women's championship, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. 
Yeah. Uh, who won? I didn't. I didn't see it. I only saw the McAfee match from Takeover. Uh, successful defense. So for EO. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, she'll probably have a nice, healthy run with that belt. I imagine. Now that she's got it. And then after the match, uh, Gonzalez tried to attack uh, Shirai, but Rhea Ripley came down to the ring and stared her down. So. Yeah, yeah, man, Rhea, Rhea Ripley's awesome. Um, I haven't seen much from Gonzalez yet, but a lot of people are high on her too. So that'll be a cool match. You know, you don't really, you don't, you, you don't always get a ton of like Hoss matches and uh, in the, the women's division, but you could probably categorize that because they're both like, you know, tall and built and, you know, that'll be fun to watch. Speaking of tall and built, this is the Battle of the Giants. You had Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. was the final match. And Cross won. I was pretty surprised to see that. But uh, kudos for like uh, kudos to them for sort of pulling the trigger on uh, a monster champion. It's so easy to like build someone someone up as a monster and then put them in a title match and have them lose, and they kind of never really get that same steam. Um, but uh, they did it, and they put the belt on Cross, and I'm I'm interested to see where his reign goes. I think they've done a really great job of how they've presented him and everything, and uh, excited to see where that goes next. Yeah, him and Scarlett have a really good chemistry on screen together. I think it's really fun to watch them come out. So. Yeah, yeah, they've they've had some really good runs uh, in Impact for a while uh, down in Mexico. They were a big deal together, and uh, you know, it, it's pretty exciting. As we speak, Limitless Keith Lee is now on the air. He is facing, uh, looking at Randy Orton eye-to-eye in the ring. Wow, big spot to come out for. Yeah, earlier Randy Orton had attacked uh, Drew backstage and dragged him around, so he was just kind of bragging about it just now, and then Keith decided to interrupt it. Okay, okay, cool. Awesome. And I definitely want a Keith Lee uh, sleeveless hoodie now. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's awesome, man. I'm I'm so happy for that guy uh, to be sort of in the spots that he's in. So now, on top of all that insane as it happened at NXT Takeover, but now the announcement that Tommaso Ciampa is coming back this Wednesday as well. I saw that. Uh, that's great. Um, some people had kind of uh, pegged him to be the leader of this retribution uh, stable. Um, and that could be the case still, but uh, he's also said before that he really wants to stay in NXT for the rest of his career. Um, so that could be the case as well. Why uh, is that? Why would someone say they want to stay in NXT? I mean, like, I'll give an example. Like, Finn Balor has been all back in NXT for almost one year. Last SummerSlam was his last WWE match, and that was when he got run down by The Fiend's debut. That's right, yeah. And then about two months later, he came out in NXT, so... And since then, I mean, he's been, I think, on like a 12-win streak, I think. Yeah. Um, well, the the case of Finn going back to NXT and a guy like Ciampa wanting to stay in NXT are two different things, you know, really. Uh, Finn went back down to NXT at the same time that they moved to two hours and live on Wednesday nights. Um, and they really wanted some star power for the show uh, right out of the gate. Uh, Ciampa, um, you know, has had these neck surgeries and a bunch of injuries. 
He's just a guy whose body probably couldn't hold up to a full WWE road schedule, you know, unfortunately. Uh, and that's kind of what he's said. Um, you know, it could be different now. Who knows? You know, there are no house shows for anybody to work. There's no travel to be done right now. You could easily see him or maybe Gargano uh, wind up on the main roster for a stretch um, if they're not having to travel all the time. Um, but that's that's just the case, you know, the case, two different cases of why people wind up back or stay in NXT, you know. So if you were Finn Balor, would you stay in NXT at this point, or would you say, hey, I'm happy, this is as good as it gets, and I don't want to get screwed with a giant roster and get lost in the mix like a lot of people did? Yeah, uh, I mean, his presentation in NXT has been so much better than it was on Raw, you know. Um, uh, on Raw, they had him do this stupid smile all the time, and uh, it just never, and he really never seemed to have any sort of character development uh, outside of a few matches here and there. I mean, he's had a few standout matches while he was there, but that was about it. Um, and I think, you know, unfortunately, he was a guy that after he got hurt in the first Universal Championship match, they were always skittish on putting him in that spot ever again, unfortunately, as much as I'd love to see that. So I say, yeah, why not stay in NXT? Uh, you know, at least for a little while, you know, really try to get back to the top there and then return to the main roster with some more hype to yourself. I think that's a good move. All right. So speaking of good move, let's move on over to the next night. WWE SummerSlam 2020. Your kickoff match is Apollo Crews an MVP for the United States Championship. I don't know what year it is, the fact that I just said MVP in a championship match. <laughs> yeah, and for the U.S. Championship, it really feels like we're in, like, 2008, 2009 again, you know? And in 2008, uh, I really liked MVP. I liked his music. I like his gimmick. I like him on the mic. But mm -hmm. it feels weird when I watch him now because I'm like – and this is no offense to professionals, but I'm like, is there not anyone more worthy to fight Apollo Crews than MVP? <laughs> well, I guess this was sort of the wrap-up to their little feud they had had over the U.S. Championship. Uh, it seemed like this was a last-minute addition, um, and uh, the match felt that way, too. The match wasn't quite as good as some of their other recent encounters, you know? But uh, I think, you know, they just announced, I believe, that uh, Lashley will challenge Apollo Crews next at Payback, which is only next week, which is so crazy. Two pay-per-views Yeah, why seven is days. Payback right behind SummerSlam? I've never seen – I can't remember the last time WWE did something like that. I have no idea. It's so crazy. You know, give yourself at least two weeks to have some kind of build, but, geez, who knows? Um, I don't know. I guess – Maybe they had more they wanted to do with SummerSlam, but they couldn't, you know, get everything accomplished in time or anything like that. Who knows? Uh, or maybe they just needed another ratings boost. Um, I think they yeah, just really just want to show so off the wild. Thunderdome really bad. Could be. Could All right, be. and that's and that's not the news, right? So, so, so the Florida Amway Theater has now been rented out by the WWE for X amount of months, and they went ballistic inside and made the Thunderdome, which is now 
similar to the NBA where they're copying the, the digital screens and they're layering it to make it look like a stadium with, uh, I, I, I'm assuming it's Microsoft Teams because that's what the NBA uses. They don't use Zoom. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just, just, just for the sheer thought of someone Zoom bombing, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, but like you said, like what's what's stopping someone from putting a fire Velveteen Dream or like what's I don't know, like what's stopping me from putting something absurd on a live feed and just taking nothing, nothing yeah. apparently because it that, happened. We saw it happen during the show on Sunday. You know, anybody can get on there, and uh, you know, if you do something like that, you'll get kicked off real fast. But you know, it'll still happen. What do you think of Thunderdome? Do you think it's, do you think uh, it's working? It looked better in action uh, uh, than it did in the pictures, you know, the mock-ups and everything. I thought the uh, opening pyro, it lacked impact because there was nobody, you know, it wasn't followed up by that immediate live crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Asuka came out for the first match Um and her pyro left a lot of smoke in the ring for a few minutes, it seemed like, which I thought was kind of crazy. I, it seemed like that wasn't totally planned for. But overall, I I liked the presentation. You know, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, so I, I like the Thunderdome because there's something about watching the ramp entrance be normal again kind of gives back that norm of instead of watching the short ramp of a, of a performance center, which is much better. So mm-hmm. I like that aspect of the, 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 the crowd noise pumping is back. Uh, and that's much needed rather than like a few people hiding behind plexiglass, you know, like a, like a hockey ring game. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did notice a couple times um, like a delay in crowd reaction. Like I think I was watching the uh, Seth Rollins, Dominic Mysterio match and Seth Rollins hit his big sort of superplex Falcon Arrow combo. And there was like a, you know, impact, one, two, ooh, like a delay in the reaction. You know, I noticed that a couple times, but it didn't really take anything away. I mean, obviously nothing's the same as having that live crowd. But uh, overall, I, I thought the Thunderdome was pretty uh, great. I just thought uh, overall thoughts on SummerSlam. I thought like from the intro package – uh, I got the impression that the intro package was kind of like bland. The tagline was, you'll never see it coming. And there was one big surprise at the end of the show, but it wasn't anything so far out of bounds to sort of justify that uh, tagline, I don't think. And the rest of the SummerSlam kind of felt the same way that that, uh, uh, that opening package did, sort of smaller in scale, a little more watered down but still enjoyable nonetheless speaking of package and watered down i'm watching wwe raw right now and angel garza is coming to the ring and i didn't realize he has a new valet and there's something about wwe that never surprises me that is it uh oh is it that woman from the bachelor yes the blonde woman i don't know who she is me neither i had no idea she was in the bachelor so thanks for knowing that (laughs) i i i only know it from following WWE's Instagram page. She's been getting tagged in posts and videos with Angel Garza. And so I was like, what is this? Who is this person? Uh, and I guess that's the situation. She was like a contestant on The Bachelor. And Angel Garza has this sort of like Lothario uh, character. And uh, that's how they got hooked up. 
you know but i it's funny that she's i thought for sure it was going to be a one week thing her appearance but she's been on it's probably like her fourth or fifth episode it's pretty crazy he just looks like a watered down drug lord from like some 80s movie every time he walks out to the arena the arena now He's actually pretty talented. He's pretty entertaining. Oh, I like him. I, I like him. And, and, and the gimmick is much better than him coming out as a generic NXT wrestler when he was called up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he does that that gimmick with the pants where he always tears off the pants halfway through his match. And, uh, I mean, what you know, you, the best thing you can say about him, he's got a very clearly defined character as compared to a lot of other wrestlers uh, in wwe today there's something speaking of wwe today that bothers me a lot is and i and i and i know with covid is a challenge and quarantine is a challenge but i know this has been going on even before this year where you'll see a match let's say SummerSlam 2020 you know the tag team champs the the street profits versus andrew garza and um what's the other guy i just lost uh andrade andrade and yet like the instead of the rivalry ending at that pay per view, I mean, same thing. Same thing with McIntyre and Randy Orton. Instead of the 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 okay feud squash, boom, fights over. Like they keep having drawn out feuds. Yeah, I mean we can we can talk about that match right now if you want. It was so crazy to me uh, that uh, Street Profits versus uh, Andrade and uh, Angel match that like nothing ever sort of became of that poisoning angle that they did two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, it didn't, you know, the match didn't feel any more personal for that having happened. And it really probably should have, I mean, a man was poisoned for God's sakes, you know? Yeah. And uh, geez, I just can't believe they couldn't, you know, make it any more sort of intense than it was, but you know, based on what I can see from your TV right now, it looks like they're continuing to face off a little bit. Uh, and that happens a lot lately with WWE where, like, instead of, like I said, the, the rivalry's done, let's move on to it and, and bring up someone else. They'll just be like, okay, but instead of the tag team champions fighting again, we'll have a one-on-one match from each one of the champions, huh? Or each one of the fighters, huh? Right. Well, I guess Montez wants the revenge for the poisoning the most, having been the one who was poisoned. And... It looks like he's wrestling Angel, right? Yep. Um, Angel already took off his pants. So, yeah. I bet by the end of this match, they'll sort of complete that uh, turn, you know, that breakup with Angel and uh, Andrade that they were sort of teasing at the end of SummerSlam. That's my prediction right there. So, CBSSports.com gave it a C- minus for their match, by the way, SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, I mean – Pretty serviceable tag team match. A lot of heat for the bad guys just sort of beating up on Montez uh, for a while. And then hot tag for Dawkins. The only thing is that uh, Montez got back in the ring pretty quickly after taking that beating, I think. And, uh, you know, from there, it was just a win. I thought the finish was kind of cool. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Wasn't, uh, oh, I think uh, maybe Montez hit the frog splash while Dawkins was being pinned or no, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Garza bumped Vega, knocking her to the floor. Andrade attended right. to her rather than staying in the corner of the ring. The confusion fought, allowed the province to hit the cash out for the win. That's Solid right. Tag team action early on. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Angel's tag team partner wasn't there for him when he needed him. He took the finisher. 
now it looks like they're teasing a breakup again, uh, which I imagine will probably happen. Speaking um, of teasing, uh, one of the Viking Raiders just came out to give a turkey leg to Angel Garza's uh, valet. Oh, yeah. God, they, there's so much going on with the Viking Raiders right now. Because that guy's also in a match on Raw Underground later tonight. What is Raw Underground? They're just doing Fight Club. But it's WWE, right? Like, we, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Like, NXT was kind of like the Fight Club, right? And now you have Raw Underground. So. Yeah, they're just really trying to boost ratings. You know, they've done this before, changing the presentation style of their third hour uh, to try and get more people to stay tuned in. Because, you know, it's really hard to watch three hours of wrestling on a Monday. Uh, let's just get that out of the way, especially with all the commercials that they have. So let's just not have three hours of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but they'll probably never constrict their time slot back down. Uh, but yeah, it's just an attempt to boost uh, ratings. Who knows if it'll work? I know I certainly haven't been like more intrigued than usual uh, by Raw Underground necessarily. Yeah, I don't see any bros in each other. Dude, have you seen Underground? Yeah, no. Um, so who knows who knows where that's gonna what that's gonna lead to or anything like that. And it's just it only it you know, it only seems to sort of I don't know, anytime you try to have something booked as like this is real fighting, it sort of makes the rest of your product seem fake to people by comparison, which is not what you want to have happen. And uh yeah, I just I don't see it captivating people the way they wanted to and also you see the people who are appearing on raw underground appearing on the main show anyway there doesn't seem to be a real separation or anything like that i don't know who's benefiting from it so let's go back to, to SummerSlam. so right before the tag match championship match on raw uh, the, uh defense with the street profits there was the bailey versus oscar match so can you kind of give the build up that oscar was in two championship matches in the same night yeah, that's right. So uh, Asuka had won the um, uh, Raw Women's Championship in the Money in the Bank ladder match. You know, obviously announced Becky was leaving for a while. So instead of getting the briefcase, she was just awarded the championship. Uh, she held the title for a little bit. Uh, Sasha Banks stole it from her and then won it from her officially with help from Bayley. Uh Asuka fought her way back, sort of overcoming the odds to get a match with each of them uh, in SummerSlam. And I thought the story they told uh, in the two matches, I'll just talk about them each as a unit, was was pretty great, uh, starting with the first match, you know. Uh, I thought, you know, neither match was uh, as good as the best Asuka-Bailey match or the best Asuka-Sasha match but they were both really good matches um, or just, you know, solid matches. Bailey had some really cool spots. This was the most that I've seen in heel Bailey, uh, even though she's been holding the belt for almost a year. 315 days. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, I'm, I'm happy for her that she's gotten this really great run. And I think the role, the golden role models have been really entertaining together, uh, but some really cool spots. I think she hit a jumping DDT off the stairs a second rope neck breaker. I remember there being, and then the finish was the match of the match was like 
Asuka fought off the interference from Banks twice, couldn't fight it off the third time, leading to a roll-up for Bailey. Uh, you know, Bailey retains. And then, you know, a little later on in the night, they have the second match. Same sort of deal. Uh, Banks uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, you know, except this time, Bailey doesn't take the hit uh, from Asuka to interfere. Uh, she doesn't give uh, Banks the same assist that Banks gave her earlier, uh, leading to Asuka getting the win. So uh, good story, you know, kind of furthers this tension that's been there mm-hmm. between Sasha and Bailey. Uh, the, you know, neither the Raw Women's Champion, the Raw Women's Champion doesn't necessarily look stronger than the SmackDown's Women's Champion or vice versa. You know, they're about on equal footing. Uh, you know, from a booking perspective, you know, pretty great. And Asuka got her belt back. You know, I think some people were sort of unhappy with how she got the belt from Becky just being handed it to her. But right. now she's really fought and overcome the odds here to actually become a legitimate champion. I don't think anybody can be upset with that. Pretty uh, wins all around from a booking perspective there. I think at the same time, too, I, I can't remember where I read this article, but it might have been CBS Sports. It might have been someone else, but um, I apologize for the, those I can't give a credit to. So I brought up a good point that in 2001, there was the Stone Cold Triple H Power Trip Tag Team. Stone mm-hmm. Cold had the WWF um, World Federation Heavyweight Championship, and Triple H had the Intercontinental Championship. They were also tag team champions at the same time. Yeah. And then, uh, inexplicably, one match with Chris Jericho, uh, Triple H tore his ACL. He was out for, I believe, nine to 10 months. Made his return in 2002 at Royal Rumble, won it, went on to WrestleMania, and so on. Mm-hmm. And so they had the power trip angle with Austin and 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 Trips being the top heels, and um, you know, you know, walked out with McMahon's and stuff like that. But there was never a conclusion to that angle. It just had to be you know abrupt and re reimagined, and then all that kind of stuff. Right. With with that being said, this article came out and they said that we would now get a second chance at that angle with Sasha and Bailey, which I thought was a genius. Like, okay, that's a great way to look at it. I didn't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're, the fact that they've been friends for so long, they came through NXT together. They became the four horse women. They were been on multiple brands together. They've been champions together. They've been feuding this and that, but now it's like, this is the height of their relationship, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the past, I don't think either of them could ever get out of their own or each other's way, you know, whether they were each faces or face heel, someone was always turning on the other one. And ultimately, they both paid the price, you know, either, you know, elimination chamber matches, Royal Rumble matches, uh, everything in between, you know, uh, they finally sort of realized, you know, with Bailey's heel turn and then teaming up with Sasha Banks, uh, I think they finally realized that they get the farthest by um, working together. Now, uh, Bailey certainly feels that way. I'm not quite sure Banks totally feels that way. I think they said at some point in commentary that Banks has never had a successful defense of you know, the Raw or SmackDown's Women's Championship. She's always won it and then lost it in her first defense. And that did not change here tonight, you know, even with Bailey at her side. So I'm really interested to see where 
this sort of angle goes. You know, I think they have a tag team title defense coming up at payback. I would not be surprised to see a breakup there. Between oh, yeah. The two. The, the, you know, that, whether that would be they, the straw on the camel's back, basically. Yeah. Whether they break up in match or just lose the titles and then break up, I think it's coming pretty soon. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. You know, they have such great chemistry with each other. And, you know, if it's a heel Bailey versus face banks sort of situation, I mean, that's the, that's the, you know, type of this feud that they haven't really done yet. I don't think, and um, I could be wrong, but that's where I see it going right now based on what SummerSlam showed us. So we already talked about Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Let's get over to Rey, Myster- Rey Mysterio with Dominic. Dominic taking on Seth Rollins, the Messiah. This surprised a lot of people. I think a lot of people kind of, like myself included, rolled their eyes saying, why are they putting Dominic Mysterio, who has not one TV match, into one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, right away with one of the top stars who's been leading raw for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And for one, I'll say this, Pat McAfee dressed exactly what I thought Pat McAfee was going to dress like, right? Like a very Stephen Amell basketball shorts and a tank top, right? Sure, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the epitome of what a guest wrestler wears. You wear like the junky basketball clothes that you pick up out of the closet. Dominic Mysterio came out with like full gear made for him looking like Nightwing from DC Comics. <laughs> and on top of that, Seth Rollins magically, beautifully is Seth. I love Seth Rollins' costumes, but I didn't realize until an hour before we started recording that he picked trunks that matched Rey Mysterio's WCW Halloween Havoc uh, outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that from the mat. I saw that when he made his entrance. I thought it was so so cool like what a great heel move just to steal his opponent's dad's you know one of his most iconic attires and kind of great you know great mind games move and i this has been my favorite iteration of seth rollins i think is the monday night messiah you know i think it's his best work from a character standpoint for sure and uh on dom i mean on dominic's you know gear and everything i think the difference between him and pat mcafee is that pat mcafee is playing this sort of outsider coming in thinking he's above the wrestling business uh and just sort of doing his own thing and his gear reflects that dominic is born and raised in the wrestling business it would make sense for him to have wrestling gear and has been training and for him to be in that spot in the first place it only works because of how sort of hot this angle has been with Seth and Ray for so long, you know, the eyeball match, the emotions are really high there. And, uh, you know, it's a good intro for Dominic. I don't see him becoming like a full-time wrestler for them right away. I think he needs more time, but he, uh, you know, certainly did his, did his job in the, in the, in the Rollins match. I thought he looked, you know, I mean, he didn't quite look quite as good as McAfee. I don't think anybody could see could have seen that performance coming, but he looked he looked really solid. And uh, Seth did a really really incredible job just uh, holding that match together and uh, making you believe uh, in Dominic's hope spots, but also making you really hate him for how he was sort of going after his family and everything like that. I mean, great great match. I think I think the biggest thing too with Dominic is. For someone who made his first 
debut match on a huge stage. He was cool as a cucumber. And at the same time, he really carried an actor's emotion into the match, right? Like you definitely saw like the anger when he was beating Seth with a kendo stick. You saw like that expression when he um, did the Russian leg sweep off the top rope onto the table. I mean, oh there was God. just some insane spots where like this kid is seasoned as shit. Yeah. Man, you got to give the respect. And like you want to kind of hate on him a little bit. Because you're like, man, there's like a lot of people don't make, like Keith Lee. Keith Lee just made his debut on Raw, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's a lot older than you'd expect. He's getting a chance a lot of people don't get. And then you got Dominic Mysterio coming out here against Seth Rollins in SummerSlam. But no one hated it, so. No, yeah, it was a really good match, uh, you know. Uh, and there will probably be a little bit more to come, you know. Uh, I, I would expect to see, you know, maybe one more Ray Seth match, or really what we'll probably get is a Ray tag teaming with Dominic against Seth and Buddy Murphy. Uh, that'll be the next big match for, and probably the blow off of this feud. Um, and it'll be great to see when that happens, you know, father son tag team is always a really special moment. And uh, I'm glad they could, keep Ray around to sort of, you know, realize this. It's, it's really cool. Uh, A note on the Russian leg sweep off the turnbuckle through the table though. That's a move that just hurts both the taker and the receiver. Like there's no two ways around it. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, you can make the argument that a regular Russian leg sweep is an offensive maneuver, but through a table is it's just a self-destructive maneuver it's like a you know take everybody out sort of move that's just as bad as whenever i was a kid and i remember attempting a stone cold stunner as someone in high school and i and i felt the pain of doing it on the floor i was like why would stone cold ever do this it makes no sense like it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like whiplash right And, and breaking someone's neck but like you, ha- you bust your tailbone all the time on this. this yeah, no, terrible. that's another move that, like, in reality, like, you're compressing your spine, you're hurting your butt every time, and the other guy is just sort of bending over quickly and then falling flat on his Right, back. and they have to fall over, right? Because, like, otherwise people are just looking at you like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, go, yeah. like, stop. This, mm-hmm. this is mildly uncomfortable. Stop. Yeah. All right, so we talked about the Sasha Banks and uh, a soccer match. So let's go straight into the WWE Championship. You got oh, Drew one McIntyre. more, one more huh. thing about the Sasha Banks. Uh, Asuka did her same full entrance for the second match. I thought that was kind of crazy that she repeated the whole thing, especially after the beatdown after the first match. I thought for sure she would just come out in her gear, get right into it, you know, with the intensity. But she came out mask, full coat you know, corner spot again. That was the one thing that I thought was kind of uh, weird about that. What would have made it even better is she had like a whole different costume. Yeah, yeah, that would have been, I guess if you're going to do it, you might as well go fully in on two different costumes. It's like you're being um, superstitious. Like, well, this costume lost, so I'm going to change it to another one tonight. Yeah, yeah, Cactus Jack. Uh, What were your thoughts about, before we get into the match, what was your thoughts about the buildup of McIntyre and Orton? Um, did we skip? I guess we already talked about Mandy versus Sonya a little bit. Yeah, we skipped over because we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the whole podcast. Uh, I have I have one more thing to say about that match that? too before we get into it, which was, um, 
you know, pretty solid match. I believed the emotions in it. The only thing, only two things were kind of weird. Mandy really clearly had never unfolded a table before. She didn't seem to know what she was doing <laughs> with the table. Uh, and it was a little awkward. Um, but the rest of the match was fine. Uh, the only thing was like, you know, the last thing I think in the build to that match was Mandy trying to convince Sonya, please, let's be friends again. I want to fix this. And Sonya rejecting it leading to this match. Now, you would think that after defeating Sonya and kicking her, forcing her to leave WWE, she would feel torn about that. But instead, Otis comes out and they both hit the worm and they just celebrate like a couple goofballs, you know? I mean, I get that you're happy about She's the got win. the worst worm, by the way. Yeah, she she struggled with the worm a little bit too. But I can't do a worm, so I can't Oh, really... I'm not bragging yet. My 10-year-old yeah. could do a backwards one, but I thought that's what she was going to do. I thought she was going to do it backwards, but she like barely did the get up on one. I was like, all mm-hmm. right, I guess that's enough. So Yeah, I just thought there would be a little bit more uh, – emotional intelligence during the celebration but that's a small thing uh anyway what was next uh drew versus orton yes drew versus orton so what would you say how did you feel about the lead up to the match um it was great uh i mean you know a lot of randy's stuff in the last couple weeks hasn't been uh you know drew centric necessarily but that's okay they made it work and the promo package really sort of i thought highlighted in a great way what randy's character progression has been lately which was he's the legend killer again right they're calling him the legend killer he came out and he did the sort of golden shower pyro thing uh when he hit the corner don't don't say golden shower Uh, that's what it is it's a golden shower uh And uh, he's the legend killer again. The only difference between now and like 10, 12 years ago is that the legends he's now killing are all of his peers from earlier in his career. I thought that was really cool. Um, Like, like Flair when he attacked him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, Flair's Flair would have been a legend then and now, uh, but he listed edge and the big show and Christian who are all guys, you know, of the same sort of, era as him but are all legends in their own right obviously so that's a really cool wrinkle to his character and uh the promos that drew and randy did share together were so good especially on drew's part you know sort of calling out randy for not taking on a mentor role like a lot of his predecessors in the locker room uh i think he mentioned the sort of infamous uh randy orton uh, shitting in the locker room uh, incident during one of those promos in sort of a wink wink way uh, I thought that was really good and uh, yeah I thought I thought the build was uh, you know a little quick but great and uh, Drew is a hell of a champion Randy was clearly the top heel it made sense for this matchup I was a little worried that they were going to kind of rush it um but it seems like we're gonna get more out of this feud based on the finish and what's happened on raw tonight and i'm really happy about that do you like face mcintyre yeah yeah i think he's awesome man this match this match felt like the biggest match on the card and rightfully so and it was my favorite match on the card too i think more uh, most people are gonna remember dominic and uh seth the most you know 
but I thought this was the best match on the show for sure. What makes face McIntyre work as well, if not better than heel McIntyre? Uh, the story, um, you know, his whole, he was the chosen one, but he failed miserably. And then he left and he worked on himself and he really improved. And he came back with a reignited fire and it's carried him all the way to the championship. Um, I mean, what better story is there than that, really? Heel McIntyre is great when you really let him, like, be the Scottish psychopath guy. But to me, I think he's a natural face. I mean, his promos are so good as, you know, face champion. His work is really good. Um, he could be heel, too, and maybe down the road he, he will be again. But right now, I think he's... He's the best, uh, the best face WWE has, and I, I'm really happy with the run that he's gotten. It's too bad there's no sort of crowd to you know see, to be there and witness these huge moments for him. But man, he's really taken it in stride. I think he's great. But you know what? I saw an interview with him, and I can't remember exactly what show he was on. But what really stood out and was really fun was he said that his whole path to his WWE championship was unconventional. And it feels like him winning at a WrestleMania with no crowd is the exact fit that fits his story. Sure. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to look at it. You know, not a lot of people do get like released and then come back all and make it all the way to the championship. So yeah, makes sense. Let's talk about the last match. This, uh, this one. So again, this is another one of those those examples where I'm used to like WWF, WWE in the past of like you build up for one month, match is over. Now you rotate someone else to take on. Blah blah blah. It seems like this is this is a rival that's going to happen month after month after month. It's Braun Strowman, the Monster Among Men, versus now the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Month month prior, we only saw. Braun Strowman versus uh, Bray Wyatt. And then after that, we saw the Swamp match. Braun coming out strong in both. But now it's The Fiend in the ring. And we're still... Okay, so so Braun lost, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a good match from what I saw. It's a lot of hard hits, a lot of emotion. You can tell Braun was selling a lot of it. And they overpowered Fiend, but not terribly like a Seth Rollins Survivor Series overpowered, right? Like they didn't... Like, just let him get up after, like, 20 finishers kind of thing. Yeah, you're talking about uh, the SummerSlam match, right? Not the previous match. Or are you talking about the House of Horrors match or whatever it was? Uh, no. Was, uh, the Swamp ta- match. With Braun? Yeah. Yeah, so they had the, the Swamp match last month, and then before that it was just Bray Wyatt in the ring. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now this is the Fiend versus Braun. So they kind of built this to, so that way the Fiend didn't just lose and then you lose the adoration and the allure of the Fiend. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this was one of the better uh, Fiend Bray Wyatt matches, but uh, that's not saying much. Most of his matches have not been that great. You know, I think the best they've gotten out of him from like an in-ring quality is like, okay. Uh, presentationally he's awesome you know his entrance is sort of like you know second to none and he's really genuinely terrifying to look at his 
promos are all sort of interesting and great, uh, but just in ring his stuff is not necessarily up to snuff. And this match wasn't much different. I mean, how many falls count anywhere matches have you seen that ultimately do end in the middle of the ring? <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in the middle of the ring, in the middle of that middle of the ring. Yeah, yeah. So you know just turned into sort of a brawl really fast. They got outside, they got a toolbox. Braun gave the fiend sort of a urinagi onto the, like literally the edge of the table that looked really painful. Uh, like, geez, I thought, I thought that was like injury worthy, but he seemed to be okay. They brawled up the ramp. They brawled in gorilla for a second. They brawled all the way back. Braun gets a knife. I thought he was maybe going to like cut the mask off or something, which I thought would have been cool. But instead, he cuts the ring yeah, open, I, exposes I was, the I, wood. That's exactly what I thought, too. I thought, like, oh, he's going to, like, cut off the braids, cut off the, the mask to just expose Bray just being Bray. That's that's brilliant. Take mm-hmm. away his power or whatever. Yeah. But no, he goes with a mat. Yeah. And then immediately, like, like gets driven into the wood that he just exposed. Like, and it's a bad um, bump, too, because it's clearly, like, no, his head's not, not even hitting the damn board. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of lackluster main event after they really, you know, they gave that match more hype than most, but it was all they, – they had to let that be the main event uh, for the big return, obviously, which is Roman. At the end, pretty exciting. He looked really jacked. His new teeth uh, were very white. Um, And now they're going to do a triple threat match at Payback on Sunday, which honestly, I can't believe it, but I I hope Roman just wins. (laughs) I hope he just takes the belt and we can kind of move on uh, in a new direction in the SmackDown main event. Well, speaking of Roman, you have to give props to uh, your fiance for uh, her line uh, on Roman as his debut. What was it again? Oh yeah, he's got new teeth. Or yeah, she just veneers. she just pointed out the the veneers uh, to him. And I've seen more. You know, kudos to her. I've seen a lot more people pointed out since then. She was totally right. There's been some people too talking about that. Is is this Roman back, or is this the heel Roman that people have been wanting to see for years? Uh it can't be a heel, right? Because Braun's pretty much heel. He's I the mean, monster, yeah. right? He and... came back and he beat up on two heels that I think the audience was tired of seeing uh, match it up together. I don't see how anybody could look at that and think, you know, he was a heel. I think he was just a face who was talking a lot of smack in his return. Oh, by the way, his new shirt says... Uh, wreck everything and leave. Wreck everyone and leave. But he, he wrecked everyone, but he didn't leave. The show ended <laughs> with him in the middle in the of the ring. ring. He didn't go anywhere. You know, he stayed right there in the middle of the ring. So, I don't know. Just a dumb little bit there. No, I, to me, when I saw that shirt, I thought to myself, isn't that what Stone Cold's old shirt was? It was uh, arrive in the, I was like, arrive on the front. And on the back, it says, raise hell and leave. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Roman doesn't get to have that. That's, that's not, he, he didn't earn that. <laughs> that so. is, I guess it is sort of a watered down version of that Stone Cold shirt. You're right. But see, yeah. And, and it, but see, the reason that people, some people are thinking that he's healed, some people are saying that, that, that Roman is behind the retribution. 
You think Roman is okay? I don't think that, but there are people who are speculating because they're because that's what they do. Right? The retribution come in, they wreck, and then they leave. Right? They beat up people and then they leave. They just they show up and they leave. So yeah, that's that's a fair observation. Um, I saw you know I think I, I, based on what happened on Friday, I think some people expected the fiend to be uh, in charge, but I also didn't think that was a very natural fit. I could see Roman being it, but I also think. You know, I don't know if Retribution is going to be on both shows or one show more than the other. I'm hoping it will give sort of Roman as the top dog some interesting new stuff to do uh, on SmackDown, um, if that's the direction they're moving in. Because if Roman becomes champion again, you know, the programs that he can realistically have... uh, are against AJ Styles, which would be great, but we've seen it before. Uh, Baron Corbin, which we've seen a ton of and would not be very good. Sheamus, which could be kind of interesting. Jeff Hardy, which could be kind of interesting. Matt Riddle, which would be kind of interesting. But overall, who knows? I, I just really hope that they can move on from The Fiend and Braun Strowman for a little while. I I want this. If they if they keep Roman face, then that gimmick of wreck everyone and leave needs to be like Goldberg. Just give him like time to create chaos. Don't give him a mic and leave. Now if they decide to give him a mic again, they need to all as hell be prepared to get some booing pump noise in there because <laughs> no one is sitting at home happy going, are they forcing us to like a Face Roman? Bullshit. So. I think anybody I think anybody who's watching SmackDown regularly right now will be really happy for the uh the addition to the main event scene because they have really needed that extra layer of star power, I think, for a while. I mean they I mean you you pretty much you drowned uh Daniel Bryan with Drew Gollick already and Matt Riddle's just not ready to take on, like, The Fiend, right? I mean... Yeah. And I can't even name, like, the other top faces on that roster. I mean, and because, because a lot of the heels just rule, rule the land. Yeah. So. Who knows? Um, one other note about SummerSlam was uh, I think it being the, you know, first big show in the Thunderdome at the same time that this retribution angle was happening was sort of poor timing for WWE. I think, you know, SummerSlam would have been a great time for them to sort of reveal retribution or have them wreck some more havoc. But I think they put themselves in this position where they were like, well, we really need this Thunderdome thing to look good and work out. So we can't have the, you know, the like anarchy stable do the thing they've been doing on every other show this week, you know? I thought that was just kind of uh, bad luck timing on that. Who's on screen there now? It's uh, it's Dominic and Ray just interviewing with uh, the the commentator. Well, the one thing I was gonna say is Retribution though, not a watered down version of the Dark, dark Order of, of AEW. Um, I guess Dark Order has always kind of been uh, Dark Order is more of like a cult. I think, and uh, has always been a little bit more like out in the open. There hasn't really been this other than like, who is the leader of Dark Order? There hasn't been this element of 
such an element of mystery to it. You know, you've kind of known who the mid-level players were the whole time with Dark Order. With Retribution, everyone's a mask. You have no idea who's pulling the strings. And it's less of a cult and more of a take on, like, protesting and, like, uh, uprising and that sort of thing. And also, the, you can clearly tell Retribution's a bunch of jobber like just people from local indie scenes because they're like a lot shorter than the main roster stars <laughs> they're not as fit lean you know i'm just like did, did they just get these guys in the parking lot like yeah it's it's kind of curious you know it really doesn't seem like the people we've been seeing on our screens the last few weeks will ultimately be the people you know who are retribution further down the line you know it's uh, I'm I'm really curious. I was hoping that would be the sort of the big reveal last night, but uh, I was overall I was happy with SummerSlam. If it, even if it did feel a little bit weird and kind of flat or maybe watered down compared to other SummerSlams, but uh, you know, um, I, I I was happy with it overall. Nice. Yeah. Uh, any any predictions coming up? So we got payback, and then we got another pay per view, and then the big Survivor Series in November. What do you feel is gonna happen between now and then? Well, payback's gonna be payback's hard to predict because there's only been two or three matches announced for it, right? You've got the triple threat for the Universal Title, which I hope Roman wins. Um, I bet you, I bet you Roman. Eh, well, I don't know. I bet you Roman wins, but he pins Braun instead of the Fiend, and maybe there's a one Fiend versus Roman match. That'll be like his first one-on-one defense, maybe. Then I'm guessing we'll see um, Sasha and Bailey break up over the tag team titles and probably lose it. Uh, who knows? I have no idea who they're even wrestling on at Payback. And then you've got Lashley versus Apollo Crews. I'm going to guess Apollo Crews retains. Um, and those are the only matches that I know are happening on Sunday. It's crazy to think that they have to book this whole card in one week. I don't know. I just pay payback. Just, I don't, I don't get it. Like I, 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 like I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those pay-per-views that were over across seas. If, quarantine and COVID wasn't going on right now like you know like the crown jewel too and blah 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 Afghanistan because they're making uh, millions and millions of dollars to bring it to why but like this is just a pay-per-view this is just yeah. a really quick pay-per-view yeah thank god we don't have to watch any of those shows for a while you know because we can't no one can travel or anything honestly right where it's like do you want to see HBK come back no I don't no. I don't do you yeah. want to see Kane come back? No, I I don't. Yeah. Let them be retired. Shit. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are my predictions for right now. Um, I bet you. I bet you. I mean, looking farther down the line, I bet you uh, Survivor Series will probably have some kind of. I bet you there will be like a Raw proper versus Raw Underground match, and then like a SmackDown versus Retribution match. That's my guess right there. Who is Retribution? Who will be the overall behind the mask of Retribution? Oh, man. Well, I had kind of thought that maybe some of the people who were, like, let go earlier in the year 
would be it, but most of them have re-signed and appeared on TV elsewhere. Um, so I really, really, I really have no idea, honestly. Um, geez, it's hard to say. And I haven't heard anything about like new signings. I really haven't, and I haven't tried to spoil it for myself. You know, I haven't seen any rumors. Uh, I haven't really sought it out either. Um, I guess if I had to hazard a guess, uh, maybe Johnny Gargano. You know, some people say Ciampa, but I'm not so sure. And it feels like a, you know, him losing in the ladder match the other day feels like a sort of natural out for him. Uh, but even then, that feels like a shot in the dark. What if it was? What if it was Drake Maverick? You mentioned you mentioned those who were released and came back. It's 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 Drake Maverick, right? The guy who was let go back earlier in, in April when a lot of people were let go, and then literally fought his way not only through the ring, social media, and through the fans to earn back a contract on the spot from Triple H himself at a pay per view. If it's Drake, uh, as long as he's more of like a manager, then yeah, great. He's really charismatic uh, and very entertaining. I don't necessarily want to see him have matches all the time or sort of be this like supposedly threatening guy. Uh, but if he's just a manager, then yeah, that's awesome. I'm into that. Well, on a, on a completely different side note, Lana and Natalia were in the ring doing some kind of bit, and all of a sudden, the return of Mickey James. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's wild. I didn't expect to see her back uh, so soon, I guess. I guess it's she been also, a while since she's been gone, but I didn't know that she would be back. She came in and did a huge Mickey kick, the Mick kick, whatever you want to call it, to Lana's face, and I think Folks at home, if you're watching YouTube TV, you might be able to slow it down and see Alana nip slip. Uh, oh, she definitely on. got she definitely got her heel kicked, like her shoe knocked off. Yeah, that's great. I love Mickey. I hope uh, I hope this run is better for her than her last run. I think she thinks that too. Man, it's Clancy. It's always fun to uh, talk about wrestling. Uh, you 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 said it yourself. You can go on and on and on about it. I'm glad we didn't even, <laughs> glad we didn't touch AEW. We'll do it next time because I know you could definitely go on to that. And that's a lot of questions I have there. But um, always fun to have you on False Start with uh, with me. And uh, I got to get, get your fiance back on the show. We got to do a, a, a debate topic soon. Uh, and also, folks, listen to us. You can find uh, subscribe to us. Give us a review on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, anything you're already hearing our voice on. And look at also for the other podcasts that I produce, One Star Reviews with me. And also coming soon this week, the Alchemy Comedy Podcast, which is how I know Manus Clancy. We are in Greenville, South Carolina. In our improv troupe, we are not performing any more live shows for the rest of 2020. However, we have started to do some shows on Facebook Live and also on YouTube. And we have now started to do a podcast because that's just how much free time I have when my kids go to sleep and uh, be on the lookout for some stand-up material, some improv, and also some interviews. And I'll have Manus on that show there as well. It's coming up soon. So for folks listening out there, give us the likes, give us the subscribes, and follow us on all the things. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Andrew. This was a blast.